0: I think a chance and my
1: And you, and you, good morning. Good morning, Garaz. Good morning. Uh, ah. Andy, what,
2: what on earth are you doing with all those plastic bags?
1: What? Oh, this? I'm just whipping up a little breakfast for Welda here. Welda? Uh, Welda? Oh, haven't I introduced you yet? Garaz, Welda is my new pet wax worm. Isn't that right, Welda? Okay, Raz, hand me the salt over there.
2: Uh, uh, uh Mindy, I, I've seen you do a lot of weird things during the course of our friendship, but uh, mixing up a bowl of grocery bags has got to be the...
1: Oh, look, she's eating it. Take another bite, Welda. Take uh, another bite. You love those grocery bags. Yes, you do. What? I have to feed her with a spoon because she doesn't have hands. Take another bite. This is her favorite food. Wow. Wow, oh, it's it's working. You're you're actually feeding that
2: waxworm a grocery bag. Yeah, she can't get enough of them. Mindy, I was always under the assumption that waxworms fed on honey or beeswax. Are, are you sure you should be feeding it grocery
1: bags? Hey, Roz, she's my pet, and we've lived together for six years. Hours? Do I not look like I know what I'm doing? Well, I just... Let me tell you a story. Okay. It all started in Spain with a scientist named Frederica Bertocini. She's part of the Spanish National Research Council. And one day, she was just minding her own beeswax, literally, when she noticed a bunch of waxworms living in her beehives.
2: And just to be clear, uh, what makes a waxworm different from other types of worms? Because uh, Welda here looks more like just a regular white caterpillar to me.
1: Well, that's because she is a caterpillar. Waxworms are the larvae of wax moths, a.k.a bee moths
2: and by larvae you mean that the stage before metamorphosis or or the transformation from wax worm to i guess wax moth
1: yeah and lots of creatures go through metamorphosis caterpillars turn into butterflies tadpoles turn into frogs maggots turn into regular flies Hamsters turn into rabbits. What? The? Making sure you're paying attention.
2: You know, Mindy, all this talk about caterpillars and butterflies reminds me of a picture book that I love to read called The The Very Hungry Caterpillar by Eric Carl. Do you know that book? Oh
1: yeah, I love that book. But in that, the very hungry caterpillar eats fruit and cake and sausage. My caterpillar, or waxworm if you will, is way more civilized. She wears clothes and eats grocery bags. Yeah, let's get
2: back to that.
1: How did this scientist, what what did you say her name was? Oh, Frederica Berdochini. How did Frederica find this out? Well, like I said, she was cleaning the waxworms out of her beehive like nobody's business plucking them out and putting them in a plastic grocery bag maybe to use as, like, fish bait for later. And anyway, when she went back to the worm bag a little while later, Um. she found it full of holes.
2: Wow, so the waxworms had eaten their way out?
1: You know it. And so, being the savvy scientist she is, Frederica decided to take this clue and explore it further. How so? Well, first knowing that three heads are better than one, she brought this discovery to some scientist pals at the University of Cambridge in England. Their names are Paolo Bombelli and Christopher Howe.
2: And what did they do?
1: Well, they did some experiments and discovered a special protein in the waxworm belly that attacks the chemicals that make up the plastic in the bag
2: wow that sounds very similar to the way that the acid in our stomachs work to break up the food that we eat
1: yeah exactly I think
2: I might be starting to see where this is going Mindy oh yeah well as we know Plastic bags are not good for the Earth, right?
1: Right. And I
2: think I read recently that there are a trillion of these bags used every year.
1: Yeah, which according to my calculations is about two million grocery bags used every single minute. Crazy, right? Yeah,
2: really crazy. And like the plastic water bottles that we were talking about on another episode... Plastic bags probably take a lot of energy to make.
1: Yeah, apparently the amount of energy it takes to make 12 of these bags is enough to drive a car for a mile. It's
2: too bad we can't power cars on grocery bags.
1: (laughs) I know, and it turns out there isn't much we can do with them, and that includes Recycling.
2: Yeah, I know that there are some plastics that we can recycle, but the plastic in grocery bags isn't one of them.
1: That's because they're made out of a plastic called polyethylene, and it's really hard to break down, especially when we humans are producing 8 million tons of it every year.
2: But it seems like what you're saying is that these scientists discovered an enzyme or a little teeny tiny microscopic baby protein Inside the waxworm's belly, that can break it down,
1: just like your mom did on the dance floor of your senior prom, Guy Raz. Um. Uh, uh, Anywho, so yeah, that's what they think they've discovered. Basically, they've come to the conclusion that if waxworms eat the bags. Their bellies will break down the stubborn polyethylene and turn it into another useful type of liquid used to make things like polyester fabric or even antifreeze for your car. And that liquid is called ethylene glycol, which coincidentally was what my parents almost named me.
2: Uh, that that would be a mouthful.
1: Speaking of mouthfuls, check out Welda over there going to town on that bag.
2: Now that's a very hungry caterpillar.
1: Yeah, and I know what you're thinking, Guy Raz, and I need you to calm down Uh, because before you get all excited thinking that you can just start going all around town using and tossing all of your grocery bags like they're going out of style because wax worms like Welda here will eat them just know that this theory is still being tested and it has a long way to go before it can be proven but it's still pretty exciting to think how just a little curiosity as basic as paying extra attention to wormholes in a grocery bag could possibly lead to fixing a huge problem right here on our planet.
2: I can't hardly wait until this thing becomes a reality, Mindy.
1: Me neither. In the meantime, Guy Raz, I'm just going to climb into this grocery bag here, feet what? first, and then uh... all I need you to do is pick it up by the handles and then take me to the store uh... because my legs are too tired to walk. Uh... Thank you! Ooh. Hi,
0: what's your name? Hi, I'm a million, five years old. Hi, I'm Billy, and I'm five, and I'm six years old. So, do you guys have, like, a big wow in your world? Um, my friend Owen was playing basketball, and it hit his tooth, and his tooth fell out. What about you, Amelia? Sometimes I find baby worms, and sometimes when I hold worms in my hand, they freak out. What does a worm sound
1: like when it freaks out? It doesn't sound it w- wiggles around. I heard that the two of you recently made up a totally wow-worthy story about a worm? Um. Let's
0: hear it. Once upon a time, there was a worm, and the worm just wanted to sleep every day. And when the worm felt Wiggling, It was just humans stepping on the sidewalk. He did not like that feeling. The worm said, I want to go somewhere else to sleep. And then he was gone. He didn't want the human to find him. And when the human came back, he looked and looked and looked. And he could not find the worm anywhere. Anywhere? The worm peeped out, Hey, are you my worm? And the worm lied. He shaked his head. The human said, Hey, why did you lie to me? I do not want you waking me up. So the human listened to him and walked sadly away. That was the end of the worm story. Thanks, ladies. You're welcome. You're welcome. Wow in the world, we'll be right back. Grownups, this message is for you.
3: Support for this podcast and the following message come from ZipRecruiter. If you're looking for top talent, with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Let ZipRecruiter's powerful technology match your job to the right candidates and use their simple dashboard to find the right hire. That's why 80% of jobs on ZipRecruiter... Get a qualified candidate in just one day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com wow. Support also comes from Tara's Kitchen. Exploration in the kitchen shouldn't take hours or make a huge mess. That's why Tara's Kitchen created nutritionist-designed kid-friendly meal kits that serve a family of four. Recipe ingredients for meals like cheeseburger pizza are delivered washed, measured, and chopped, so kids can help. Plus, meals are done in under 30 minutes, so you can cook while you listen to Wow in the World together. Join at Terraskitchen.com and get three meals free with promo code WOW.
0: That's it! Back to the show! Wow in the
1: World! Animals, take your starling musicians of the gate. Hey, Garaz, come over here! It looks like there's a race about to
2: happen. Hey, Mindy, yeah, I'm, I'm the official timekeeper.
1: Wait, is that an elephant and a tiger at the starting line? What is this?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, c- can you hold my, my jacket for a second? I I gotta get the stopwatch ready.
0: On your mark, get set, set, go! puppet takes the lead, followed closely behind by conservation of fecal matter. And here comes Uncle
2: Rumpy, passing nice soil with deuces are wild, following close behind. And I'll be your number two,
0: bringing up the
2: rear. Uh,
1: guy they're not moving. And I'm pretty sure that elephant just went poop.
2: Let's see here, five seconds.
1: Yeah, so this race didn't appear to actually begin or move anywhere, and <laughs> oh boy, that tiger just pooped. Oh man, what is happening, Kairos? It stinks
2: out here. Oh, oh no, Mindy, the, the race went exactly to plan. What are you
1: talking about? The elephant just stood there and pooped. Yeah, I, I know,
2: wasn't that great?
1: What? Could Ross, have you gone bonker balls? Uh, You're standing here on a track with an elephant and a tiger holding a stopwatch. You got a sweatband on your head. Uh, And neither one of these animals seem interested in running. And oh boy, they just pooped again. Well,
2: who said this was a running race, maybe?
1: What is happening?
2: Well, I'm trying to recreate an experiment carried out by two researchers at the Georgia Institute of Technology, David Hu and Patricia Yang.
1: Right. So let me just make sure I got this straight. You are standing on this running track, holding a stopwatch, watching an elephant and a tiger poop in the name of science?
2: Well, probably not exactly like this, Mindy. But, but yeah, these two scientists basically timed how fast certain animals... Uh, uh,
1: poop. Okay, so you're telling me that two scientists from one of the finest universities in the world timed how fast animals poop?
2: Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm telling you, Mindy.
1: Oh, oh boy, there they go again. Guy Raz, why would they do that? I wouldn't even do something that crazy. Well, Mindy, it
2: has to do with something called scatomancy or copromancy.
1: Add a copra, what?
2: Well, these were methods used by ancient doctors a long, long, long time ago in places like China, ancient Greece, and Egypt, and Rome.
1: Okay, and this has what to do with animal poop?
2: Well, actually, a lot, Mindy. In ancient times, if you were sick, doctors would examine your poop. They would look at the size and the shape and the color and try and figure out if they could identify clues that would help them understand why you were sick.
1: Uh, hold the phone, Guy Raz. I've got some science business to take care of. I'll be right back! Sorry, I'm back. My science lavatory was occupied. So you're saying, Guy Raz, that we can find out all of that stuff just by examining our poop? Which I would never, ever actually do, by the way.
2: Well, yeah. And in fact, Mindy, even modern-day doctors sometimes do the same thing because our poop is simply what our body produces from our food after it takes in the vitamins and nutrients from the food.
1: Okay, so let me just make sure I've got this straight. These two researchers, David Hu and Patricia Gang, did this experiment just to find out if these animals were healthy?
2: Well, in this case, not exactly. Exactly. They they were actually more interested in finding out how fast different mammals poop. Ooh, now this is getting interesting. And, and Mindy, what they wanted to find out is why poop comes out in different shapes and sizes in different mammals, including us humans. Wow. Yeah, I'm still having trouble
1: wrapping my brain around this one. So what did they do? What they
2: did was they videotaped
1: 34
2: different mammals at the Atlanta Zoo. So elephants, lions, gorillas, bears. And then they watched videos of the animals pooping.
1: Ah, oh, well, I guess I does happen in all kinds of ways so what did they find out?
2: Well, the first thing they found out was about poop size and the size of the animal. So, the bigger the animal...
1: The bigger the poop?
2: Yes, which sounds kind of obvious, right?
1: Yeah, I'd say that's pretty obvious. But here's
2: another interesting thing these scientists observed.
1: There's more?
2: Yeah, they found out that bigger animals poop faster than smaller animals.
1: Okay?
2: So, an elephant, for example, takes about five seconds to poop... But a dog can take up to 20 seconds to
1: poop. Oh, please tell me they were wearing nose plugs during this experiment.
2: Well, as far as I understand, there were some stinky situations, but...
1: Uh, You said but!
2: (laughs) But what they found is that most mammals take between 5 and 20 seconds to go poop.
1: Wow, okay, so this is gross and fascinating, but I have to ask Gyra, Why is this even important?
2: I'll get there, Mindy, but before I do that, can you guess why bigger animals poop out faster than smaller ones? Why does an elephant poop faster than a
1: monkey? Because they're in a bigger hurry, or or maybe their poop's just so heavy it just falls out really fast.
2: Well, actually, the scientists discovered that the bigger the animal, the more likely their poop is covered in a thicker layer of a slippery coating. And the smaller the animal, the thinner the layer of that slippery coating.
1: So how is this information going to help make the world a better place, Guy Raz?
2: Aha! Well, as you know, Mindy, science is about curiosity and discovery, and it doesn't always have to have a point. But in this case, David Hu's research might actually help people and other animals who have trouble going to the bathroom. Huh,
1: that's interesting. Yeah,
2: this research might lead to new medicines that could make life a little more comfortable for lots of people who have pain when they go to the bathroom. And that could be an incredibly important invention.
1: Well, this is all starting to sound like a pooper-duper idea. And
2: it gets better, Mindy. In 2015, this scientist, David Hu, won a famous award known as the Ig Nobel Prize for another study he wrote about. He
1: won the Nobel Prize? The most prize in all of science? The same prize that Albert Einstein won? Uh, well,
2: well, actually, it was the Ig Nobel Prize. It's it's an award given to a scientist whose research makes people laugh.
1: But science had to be serious. There's laughing allowed in science. Okay, wait a minute. So what was the research?
2: Well, he won that award for studying how fast mammals go... Pee.
1: Of course he did. So what did he discover?
2: Well, he discovered that on average, we mammals take about 20 seconds to empty out our bladders, which is where we store our pee inside our bodies.
0: Oh, check it out! I
1: think that elephant and tiger that you were observing on the racetrack might be, uh...
0: Animals to your starting positions! Who will prove to be
2: number one at number one one. On your mark, get set... Go!
1: If you know what I mean. They might be doing that pee experiment on their own.
2: Ugh, I guess it's time to clean it up.
1: Oh, would you look at the time! Gotta run, not it! Hi, thanks for calling. Wow in the world. After the beep, get ready to record.
0: Hey, guy Raz, and I'm including you too, Mindy. I'm Elias from Montclair, New Jersey. If there's a shy person playing Pokemon Go, the chances are higher for them to have a conversation with someone else who's also playing Pokemon Go. And they're not shy. Kaboomie! And if you do not have any idea what I'm talking about, visit episode 5. Bye! Hi, I'm Ben from Howard County. Maryland, and my wow for this week is that my family learned how to get solar and wind energy, so we did. Hi, I'm Will from Ellicott City, and my wow in the world is that my family has been raising tadpoles, and I learned that when they turn into frogs, they turn from herbivores to carnivores. Hi, my name is Emmett from Mobile, Indiana, and my wow in the world is ninjas. They're really sneaky and intelligent, and
1: they go hi. End of messages. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Wow in the World this week.
2: And parents, if you want to continue the conversation with your kids, we've posted some questions about this episode at our website, wowintheworld.com.
1: And while you're there, you can find links to some of the sources we use to tell our stories this week.
2: Also, we love hearing from you. You can write us at hello at wowintheworld.com.
1: Our show is produced by Jed Anderson. Say hello, Jed. Hello.
2: Our theme song, Wow in the World, was written and performed by The Pop-Ups. Check them out at thepopups.com.
1: Also, big thanks to the kids you heard in today's episode. Amelia and Bertie. that worm story was amazing. And we're looking for more kids to take part. For a chance to be featured on an upcoming episode of Wow in the World, have your grown-ups help you share something that's recently wowed you by dialing one 888 7 Wow Wow. Think of it as a wow in your world. Finally, thanks again for subscribing and reviewing and telling your friends about our show. We'll be back with the Thursday edition in just three more sleeps. Until then, go forth and find your own wow wow in the world. Wow in the world was made
0: by Tinkercast and sent to you by NPR.
2: Hey y'all, Sam Sanders here. These days I feel like I can't make sense of the news until I've talked it out with my friends. So I made a new show where we do that every week. It's called It's Been a Minute. That's my way of saying let's catch up. Our first episode is out this Friday evening, June 23rd. Check it out, It's Been a Minute, on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks.